0: Welcome to If I May, a podcast hosted by myself, Brent, and two of my best friends, Nick and Kyle. If I May start off as an idea that, since we already were talking at least once a week, we might as well record it. We started recording in May, and despite all that life threw at us, we ended up recording 30 episodes. To celebrate that milestone and the turning of the new year, we decided to put together a list of some of our
1: favorite If I May moments from season 1 and 2. Our first clip captures some of the essence of what If I May is all about. Every once in a while, we would say something in an episode that would later come back and haunt us. In episode 10, we may have chosen to dedicate the absolute worst episode possible to our mothers. Take a listen. But back to Brent swimming in the in the lake talking about skinny dipping. Have either of you ever been skinny dipping? Of course. Of course. Brent, you have? I'm actually kind of surprised at you, Brent. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no,
0: it's it's a wonderful feeling. Like, it's, you know, uh, it's really nice.
1: I I, I agree. Was it whether we all
2: without going into too much detail was the opposite sex present while you were skinny dipping?
1: Yes. Brent. Once.
2: Once. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I skinny dip all the time.
0: It's It's not a big, it's not something I do oh, okay. all the time, but. Well, as yeah. as a
2: kid when you're when you're watching those movies or you know, hearing those stories about that, you're just like, What if there are girls there? Uh, that's that's always kind of the like if it's I if know, it's guys, know. it's like, all right, nobody's interested anyway. But if it's if there's a girl there, then you're like, Well, am like, oh, I
1: is right, it gonna be cold? Am I gonna game. be embarrassed? Yeah. Like what Is there I mean, gonna be
2: shrinkage involved here? Yeah, do I just on? jump
1: in as fast as possible or do I take my time a little bit? I don't know.
2: And then, yeah, do you, do you, like, be a creep and, you know, watch other people or do oh, you just, goodness. you know, keep your head down and run straight for the water and don't look up? I mean, th- these are things you you think about whether you want to or not.
1: Right? Is it, like, because everybody's skinny dipping, is it socially what's, acceptable? What's proper, yeah, what's proper etiquette? During is skinny dipping. Is it a new
2: beach where you're allowed to look at anybody or what?
1: Well, okay, new well, pieces I've heard, are underwhelming as far as it's a bunch of old people and people you don't really want to look at.
0: If... <laughs> if I may, I have a, a adventure with nude beaches. We had gone on a hike in San Diego. Who's we? And uh, my wife and I went on a hike in San Diego. Uh, Torrey Pines, really pretty place. Uh, and decided instead of walking back along the road, which was the way we came, we were, let's go on the beach. And we're walking along the beach and it's it's a really nice big beach. And all of a sudden we see someone in the distance and... I had my binoculars. I'm like, what, what's? It's kind of weird. Like, is everything going on? And I, I think I looked even through my binoculars. And I was like, oh, ooh, put that down all right away. It turns <laughs> wow. out San Diego has a nude beach. Uh, San Diego has a nude beach, and we found it. And of all the beaches I
1: uh,
0: was far off though. Once but we that's got that's why you have the
1: binoculars.
0: Yeah, but I was not <laughs> expecting that. As I I saw someone laying there, I was like, that's really weird. Like, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of, like, white, like, where's the...
1: Nope, I've, I've yep. heard that nude beaches in general are also, like, the the crappier beaches, like, stony and stuff, especially yep. over in Europe. Uh, th- when we were on our cruise, we stopped at Mykonos, which apparently has a decent chunk of nude beaches. I didn't see any, but uh, apparently there's some... Back to Nick's point.
0: Never, had, never attractive at a nude beach, though. It's right? always people that should not be at a nude beach that are at the nude beach.
1: Right. But back Every to Nick's time. point: What's the socially acceptable thing during like skinny dipping? Like, because everybody's doing it, are you allowed to like take glances, or is that like super no no? I guess nobody I
2: it, wants to be the creepy guy or girl, right? I, I guess
1: when I, who you're with. when I did it, it was pretty dark out, it was during a Fourth of July party. But uh, yeah, it, it was yeah, we just it was pretty dark, so everybody just kind of jumped in and went for it.
0: I did. Um, I don't know. I don't have experience with that, but I did do one so low and I think my biggest worry wasn't to be like a creep or anything but if there was like a snapping turtle you know <laughs> watch out for that because I, I heard the pond I was in had a snapping turtle I was like uh, do I really want to worry about that but there wasn't it, it's all good I
1: just but remember in parent my only fear. I just remember the Disney <laughs> movie that. parent trap that when she had to go skinny dipping they stole her clothes and ran away that's got to be like a big paranoia I I, I don't know You got to be comfortable in your house. That'd be the worst. That'd be the worst ever. You're skinny dipping and then somebody steals your clothes. So when you get out, it's a bad situation. It's living
0: your best life. That's living your best life. It's a story. You can (laughs) be
2: like... Right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm I'm one of those people who, who at least I, I firmly believe, and I have no problem, I am confident with who I am, regardless of, you know, being just a, a sexy beast or not, you know, anywhere in between, I, I am what I am, and I, I kind of just take that for what it is, maybe that was me growing up in the YMCA uh, men's locker room where, you know, there's dudes walking around of, of all different body shapes and sizes, and I just kind of... If get I
0: may, up to it. if I may, I have to interject a story here, Um, one... Over college, one winter, I decided to co-join Nick for some noon ball at the YMCA. And um, not really being a member of that particular YMCA, um, it was really eye-opening. when was like, well, we can go in the sauna. Um, I was like, cool. And I didn't bring a swimsuit. He's like, oh, no worries. And there's a lot of old people that like to use the sauna. I've
2: discovered and I was not yeah. prepared for that, but you get used to it. I think you, you get used to it. You you kind of get over it. And honestly, uh, where I'm living now, the, uh, lifetime is the club that I'm at and there's a hot tub and the hot tub, they require you to wear a swimsuit. And <sighs> I'm, I'm having grown up where I did and, you know, been around the kind of people that I was like, I, it was never scarred. There was never an issue. There was never anything inappropriate. Even it was just, you know, whatever we're, we're all men. We can all be adults. And, and deal with it. it was the men's adult locker room. There was a kid's locker room if, if they wanted to do that. Um, but uh, the fact that Lifetime requires you to wear a swimsuit, I almost find offensive. If
1: like, I may, what I locker want, room has mm-hmm. a hot tub in it?
2: Uh, nice clubs.
1: What do you mean by like, Lime-Low, it, Lime-Low. It, Lime-Low. in
2: Appleton has ha, has a, a hot tub. Uh, the Lifetime in inside the
1: Inside the locker room?
2: Yeah. It's a pretty common huh. thing. They have saunas they have hot tubs they have steam rooms um yeah, those you're, you're are those are pretty standard lot, in almost all the clubs I don't, I don't know I have. I
0: all have one but
1: I guess I don't know who, any other one I don't know who it was but uh congratulations sir you've scarred me for life because I still remember it I remember when I was a kid in an uh YMCA uh and I was changing after going swimming or whatever and then uh, as I was leaving this guy butt naked steps on the scale like right in front of me and he was like an older <laughs> gentleman. So he's he officially scarred me for life. I still have that ingrained in my so memory. As
2: Brent was alluding to, that's pretty much standard practice for the downtown Appleton YMCA. Like everyone's. Yeah, but when I was there. eight, got, I just wasn't you've expecting that. You've got guys yeah. sitting in towels watching Sports Center just nope. hanging out in the men's locker room, which is, again, what I was raised around. Maybe that's why I'm weird. Um, I've even been. Uh, the, the, weirdest, the weirdest thing that happened in that locker room was actually when I was mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. in college. I was I was hit on while I was in the shower by a clearly gay man. Now it didn't make me That's uncomfortable again. I, I am I am who I am. But uh, you talk about awkward situations. Like I feel a little bit vulnerable. I'm literally in the shower <laughs> getting hit on at the YMCA. Um, yeah, that was awkward. Uh, plus, again, not the way I swing the bat. So um, <laughs> I had <have to> <laughs> yeah, the issues right. with that one.
3: <laughs> <All> right,
2: <I'm, laughs> so, all right. Uh with with that fun fun little side note about my life, uh let's get back on track here if we can, gentlemen.
1: So that was episode ten of If I May. Hope everybody enjoyed. This episode is actually sponsored by Moms. Thank you, Moms. Uh Mommy Kyle, Please. mommy Brent, mommy Nick. Thank thank you. Thank you to moms. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not even Mother's Day. Nope, right, no, no. it's just really Episode ten, special
1: sponsor. I swore on the mom's episode. Yep, you swore. <laughs> Congratulations, Nick. You officially swore. Oh God. The There's also other things we
0: talked about this episode. <laughs> yeah.
1: Skinny dude. But I lady. swore on the mom's episode. Kyle, why? why did you have to be
0: this the mom's episode of any of them? <laughs> it's because episode ten. Of any other episode? All right,
1: fine. Yep, yep. It's episode ten. Your mom will appreciate it. Thank you, Brent. Thank. Say thank you to your mom. I right, will do. No, no, no right now right. on air.
0: Oh. Thank you, mom. <laughs> Listening to that clip again, we definitely did not manage to tell that story like a badass. We did, however, discuss in episode eight things that might or might not be possible to do as a badass. It's one of our resolutions this year to actually attempt these feats.
1: Yeah. So I for the closing segment, I got a little uh, list here. That's a little fun list. So it's things that are impossible to do like a badass. It's just not possible to do these things. And I would challenge any of you to try to record uh, us doing it and uh, seeing if it works. But drinking from a carton of milk or juice? Oh, you can do that. Like a badass? If you you crush the the milk and juice as you drink it. A juice. A juice
2: pack.
0: Rip down your face and just... Milk, you can't juice. juice Well, if it's like a, a red juice, like a grape juice something <laughs> bloody looks like, like you're blood. just like the blood of your enemies is being like just
1: alright right, right, so right, next one next you. one skipping skipping yep do that like a badass if you make
2: it if you make it hip hoppy I'm, I'm sure you could come up with something think, no that think
1: of a horror movie and like the bad guy coming after you but he's skipping
0: um I mean if his legs were made out of like metal is he
1: carrying so scythe? It was,
2: like it could be kind of cool
1: Chuck Norris. If it he's has, badass. Can you picture Chuck Norris skipping in your head? You can't do it as a human. Mm. All right, next one. Coloring. With, skip. Coloring, skip. Never coloring never. with crayons. No. No. Swinging no. on a swing. And oh, we're talking a playground swing.
0: Yeah, but you had to have some editing.
1: <laughs> Jumping in puddles. Yes. Puddles yeah, I can, can do You think you do that? Okay, okay. The only it's you like got... stopping like. yeah. Stopping oh, I guess. Okay. Down. Okay. I take that one back. Cause yeah, I guess if you had like a, a partially flooded street kind of deal and you're running at yeah. somebody in the water, I could, okay, maybe. And the uh, water
0: flies up behind you in some majestic wave. Yeah. Okay. What all right.
1: Charging batteries. The What? <laughs> charging batteries. You can't do it. <laughs> How does someone charge a battery? You plug it into like the battery? charger. That's that's all you do. You can't do it. The, Oh, here's, here's a good no, one. Here's a good one. Possible. Tandem tandem biking.
2: I've done that. But there's no, there's I mean, no way. Love, there's no I way. <laughs> no, you can't do that. Either. You
1: can't do it with a bicycle. No way. I uh, mean, if you're, maybe if you're like a, both
2: a, drinking like, and shirtless like, and ripped, and, and there are women on either side of you, it can well, be done. Well, the problem is a lot of tandem bikes are super thin,
0: which is where the tandem bike thing comes. But if it's like a hardcore like. Bike Biker bike, like maybe.
1: Okay. Similar, drinking, similar drinking mentality. From a straw. Since, drinking from a straw. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one.
2: Like, I, and I, I've got nothing <laughs> against it. I do it all the time. We all do, although apparently we're not supposed to because straws are bad for the environment. But um I don't as, as, a man, as a man, I just don't see that as badass or manly or whatever. Anytime you drink from a straw, you're just being lazy. I don't know.
1: Okay. 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 Similar to the other one, two dudes on a moped. Nope. Can't no. do it. No. Like okay, here's a, here's here's a good Go one. No. Brent, Brent I, want, I need your opinion on this one, Brent. Smelling flowers.
2: It could be done, manly. <laughs> yes, you could definitely do it. Right,
1: <laughs> right. You're
0: surrounded. You're smelling flowers that beautiful <laughs> ladies oh, do like. No, right. you have, okay. have beautiful ladies giving you the flower that you smell. Yeah, you could do it.
1: All right. Face painting. And I'm talking like the carnival stuff where they're putting rainbows on your face and that kind of stuff. Like not, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, playing Minecraft. Oh, uh, that one's a little weird. Playing anything? <laughs> yeah, playing any You're video like, game. <laughs> it it, it came from e-card. it came from the Raged Kids, like the videos, the kids Wait. raging at their stuff.
0: <laughs> You're okay. like smashing the computer, maybe, but then you just look like an idiot.
1: <laughs> exactly. I'm a badass for per- oh shit. Uh, okay, hey, last one. Last
0: spent, one. Like, All
1: right, last one is licking an ice cream cone or lollipop. Like think of like actually one of those giant lollipops. It, no <laughs> yeah, no nah, way. Not nah, <laughs> BA
0: though. You could make it look like sexy or something, but you cannot
1: make it look. Not, BA not like bad. It, not BA. All right. But that's all I got. You know, what would be badass. What? Getting a celebrity guest. Every podcast just dreams of having that one special guest to grace their presence on the show. For us, we've always dreamed of having the biggest celebrity to come out of Appleton. Besides potentially Harry Houdini, Willem Dafoe. In episode 19, we did our best to attempt to get him to join us on the show. Willem, if you're out there, please do consider helping us out for an episode. Toby McGuire was the
2: worst Spider-Man ever. He was the worst
1: Spider-Man in Spider-Man 3. I think he was okay otherwise.
0: His first two were fine. I will say um, Willem Dafoe is the redeeming thing of that franchise. Just, just having him in that movie, Appleton native, really. He brought. He was a Green Goblin.
2: He's he, he he'll always be. He doesn't like Appleton, for the record. I don't care. Whatever.
0: We we can still claim him. He's obviously acting when he said he didn't like it. so.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. There you go.
0: He's a professional actor. I mean,
1: speaking of Appleton, yeah. I don't like Harry Houdini. Some people may not know. Uh, he wasn't born in Appleton, but he grew up in Appleton. Like, a lot of his childhood was in Appleton. Like, that's an interesting dude. And actually, the more I learned about him growing up, because everybody kind of learned about him, he wasn't actually, like, a magician per se, but more of an escape artist.
3: And yeah, his, I feel a like...
1: Lot, a lot of his stuff was, like, David Blaine-esque, where it's, like, he's legitimately holding his breath for that long for this illusion-slash-escape.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm more of an illusionist maybe, but unlike Willem Dafoe, I believe Houdini actually did like Appleton, so at least we got that going for us.
2: At least that's what I've heard. Yeah, I'm not not trying to knock it or say it's bad myself. I'm just commenting that, you know, he may not love that we're claiming him.
1: Well, he gets claimed anyway.
2: Yeah.
0: Where else is he going to get claimed? Where else is he going to get claimed? I hope he listens to this, and we'll have him on the show Willem, this is an open invitation. Open invitation. Anytime you want to discuss any of your movies or Appleton, you can trash it all you want. I don't care. (laughs) We're here for you. We're here for you. That
1: that goes for any famous person.
2: (laughs) Yeah. We'll talk about whatever. We'll talk to Kim jong No. Willem Dafoe or Bus. Only Willem Dafoe. That's going to be (laughs) the only one we want. Sorry. We don't talk to celebrities. Uh, We... We'll only address celebrities after we've spoken with Mister Defoe. My goal, my goal for
0: in the next hundred episodes is that we had to get Willem Defoe on this.
1: Uh, I think it'll take more than hundred episodes, personally. But you never know no. if, if Ellen sees an episode. Yeah. If Ellen sees an episode and gets us on Ellen, then then there's a chance. But until that happens, I think we're pretty. Sorry, uh,
2: was that not clear? We're not talking to any celebrities until we talk
1: to. Them. <laughs> <laughs> has to be him first. I think, Defoe I think we... Or bust. Like, if we get a breakthrough, somehow, it better come through Defoe, otherwise we don't accept it.
0: We need, okay. like, a sick child or something that's going to give us some, like, nope. feel-good... Let, let's good not go with sick game. child. Let's think of something he we need a gimmick here. Our resolve. Resolve. Defoe or bust. This year, we spent a good amount of time traveling on the road. Whether for business or pleasure we had to come up with some pretty creative ways to continue producing weekly episodes. Usually, it meant one of us recording from some crappy hotel internet, uh, usually from like New York City or Austin. Uh, Actually, even one time Kyle recorded live from the Mediterranean Sea while he was on a cruise for his honeymoon. That was dedication. I think one of the most creative workarounds we came up with involved Nick calling in by phone and us recording it through the mic. Take a listen.
3: This is Nick, and I am currently mobile.
1: And I'm Kyle. I live near a city of quitters. And this is If I
0: May, Episode 13. Let's go. So Nick, we'll start with you, since you are mobile.
3: Yes, uh, currently I have made my way to Houghton, and I'm in the car as I am uh, arriving shortly. And... uh, Yeah, I find myself in Houghton on a Tuesday because that's when the club goes up. Not actually. Um, Uh I ended up having uh, some additional time off with uh, HR taking too much time to process my paperwork. My initial start date was going to be Monday of this week. However, uh, when the paperwork's not done, uh, they have to push me back to the following Monday. So um, one more week of vacation. Oh, darn. Uh, That sounds terrible. And, and with that, uh, Megan and I have decided to uh, head up to Houghton. As a surprise guest entrance, uh, we actually have Megan here who would like to say a few very brief words with us.
0: Oh, we got a Hello? Megan. Wow.
3: Oh. Hey, hey <laughs> Megan. So ghost and I have been passengers on this Houghton trip. What was that? So, yes, uh, Ghost and she are are, are passengers on this uh, lovely Houghton trip.
1: Nice. So, so uh, Houghton, up that's here. up in the UP, there, uh, hey.
3: Up 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 yonder, you know, up up here with the uppers. Um, but it's been kind of cool. How how's the out. snow? What's it?
1: Brand was wondering what how the, um, the snow was.
3: Oh, the snow is, is quite lovely. Um, you know, at this time of year, there's only three or four feet in the ground. Um, no, actually, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, of course, no snow. But um, it's been fun to check out the uh, so, what well, we can see, at least right now, coming in while it's dark, the, uh, the damage, the road repairs that have been going on. Um, couldn't see a whole lot with how dark it is, but I look forward to seeing a lot of that. Uh, we'll see if there's any raspberries in the patch and uh, spend some time checking things out for uh, wedding situations, lots of research to do. So uh, par- partial relaxation and getting some fresh air in, in the wilderness up here and uh, partial bit of a working trip So uh, should be fun um, But uh, not a whole lot of time As we gotta get inside and say hello to my mother So with that gentleman uh, Megan, I, and Ghost will will lead you to Finish the podcast Godspeed
1: Thank you Nick, appreciate it uh, We'll continue on And uh, we actually have another special guest uh, Which you'll hear here in a second uh, From the Army, so that'll be pretty neat this episode Excellent Awesome, and uh
0: have a, have a good tip and say hi to the family for me.
3: Will do.
1: <laughs> Catch you later, Nick. Not only did Nick's fiance, Megan, appear as our very first guest on the show, but because of Nick's absence, it led us to inviting in a guest host, Dylan. Dylan, who is a close friend of the show, is in the Army and gave us a little bit of an inside look at what life is like during basic training. So, special guest Dylan here. So he's, he's been in the Army for about a year, about a year now, uh, he was a platoon um, leader or something like that in uh, basic training. Uh, he's in the airborne, and he fixes the badass custom helicopters that the uh, people fly into battle. So, yeah.
4: uh, what, you want me to just
1: kind of dive in right here? Yeah. What What, what do you do? what What's your, what's your job? What, what do you What do you got going on in the army?
4: Okay, so I am currently at my MOS, um, which is my uh, military occupational specialty, um. Basically, I chose to become a, um, a I guess, H-60 Blackhawk mechanic initially. Now I currently work on MH-60, specialized helicopters. Um, but anyways, like you was saying, uh, I was a platoon leader in basic training. And that that's one of those things that just kind of happens. You don't really choose to be a platoon leader. It just kind of, things happen and you get put, put in that position.
0: Is that, uh, a, it's, is that an it, honor or a... Is that something that's like honor or We're blaming we
4: you. Yeah. So like, an honor sounds like it's a good thing, but it was a lot of work and a lot of stress to be platoon leader. I don't really know if it was worth it. Um, uh, because uh, while we're like out in training and stuff, people are getting people underestimate how much it sucks to be platoon leader. Other people get to rest and stuff. So say we're out on a uh, field training exercise, the FTX, and uh, and people are complaining about only getting to sleep an hour here, an hour there, and only getting like a couple hours of sleep. But what they, what they don't realize is that platoon, the platoon leader, and our, my squad leaders, basically, we wouldn't get any sleep, and uh, and it was like I would have multiple FTXs where we'd stay up for seventy-two hours at least without sleeping. And that was normal. So, uh, it was kind of fun to be a platoon leader, but I don't know if it was really work or extra stress, but it was cool to like, I definitely spent a lot more like one-on-one time with the drill sergeants, which also most people would be like, why would you want to spend extra time with the drill sergeants? But, um, they're people too. And they, they have like, a um uh, like initially they're up in your face and you're yelling and stuff. But most of them, like I said, they're just people and, uh, they have to kind of act that way to get you transitioned in over to the lifestyle.
1: I remember talking to you before you went, or after, after you came out of basic training, you were saying like, because you were slightly physical fit, the physical part wasn't that bad, but it was more the uh uh mental toughness kind of and like, yeah, that kind of thing that was more tested for you anyway.
4: Uh, yeah. Like I said, I really didn't get that much sleep. Uh I had to be in charge. So I had to be like, I had to be the leader, I couldn't show like emotions, the, I don't know, I just had to be the person that everyone went to to ask questions and stuff, even though I was, it was my first time going through all this stuff too. Um, so it was a little like emotionally taxing on me, but I was more like whenever we get, they call it getting smoked is when you like screw up and and they, have, they make you do push ups and sit ups and all that. Uh, I, Usually, if, if we ever get smoked, I was more angry that, that people were making mistakes than the fact that we were getting smoked. So I really didn't care that we were doing all these exercises. I was more upset at the fact that people were making mistakes.
0: No, so, so you said that you went on uh, seventeen or what seventy two hours of sleep. Um, that's pretty much a human limit. Um, and if you did that multiple times, how did that kind of affect you as the ten weeks went on?
4: Uh, well, like. Uh, we only did a couple FTXs that after throughout 10 weeks, like only having a couple, a couple weekends where you're up that long, um, it really doesn't affect you that much in the long run. Um, but I did notice that I start hallucinating around, like around that time, about 70, 70 (laughs) hours. I start hallucinating. Nice. That's usually, (laughs) that's usually pretty common. Um, yeah. So it's not, it's not like, and it's surprising how functional you can still be. Obviously you kind of feel like a zombie, but you can still like get your job done. And uh, it, it was kind of like an eye opener that like you can get so much done
0: going through this. Speaking of guests, Necessity forces us to get creative with finding guests. Nick and I went to Redneck Christmas, AKA hunting season, which we're going to cover in just a little bit. Luckily, Kyle has the perfect number of brothers to serve as co-host. With each of them having a camp background, you just knew that some shenanigans would be abound. In this case, Kyle's younger brother, Cody, shares an interesting take on what happens behind the scenes at camp, when the campers go to bed.
1: So, one thing we all have in common, besides the fact that we are brothers and came out of the same mother and, and father, is that... Uh, we all uh, attended and worked at the same camp. So I thought it might be funny to go around and kind of talk about a camp story that you have that uh, fun time you had at camp. Obviously, we don't want to necessarily say the name of the camp because we're probably going to say things that we did at the camp that might not have been uh, uh, Boy scouty per se, but uh, we had definitely some fun times. Does anybody want to go first?
5: Uh, yeah, I can start things off. Right. being the uh, wild adventure that uh, that I am, uh, one time at the camp, we <laughs> played a pretty heated game of truth or dare. And uh, oh boy, <laughs> uh, yeah, as we know, that uh, that can get pretty, pretty great. I mean, you start off casually with some some truths and maybe you know an occasional uh, risky dare. Nothing too extreme at first, but, you know, as the night progresses, the dares get more and more extreme, and one of the dares that I actually dared to uh, one of my co-workers was to go outside and just streak around the entire camp, like, do a lap around camp. Oh, so you dared somebody streaking. to do this? I dared somebody to do this. What this dare was that the dude said no? So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to run around and streak and do your dare for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you proposed a dare? <laughs> yeah, and he said no. He chickened out on me, uh, majorly. So well, I'm like, "Okay." What was I'll the guy's go. first
1: name? Do do I know him?
5: No, you wouldn't know him.
1: Oh, so it was after it, my time.
5: After your time. Oh, well, well, technically during your time, but not exactly. Te- it, what? Okay, so I worked at two camps. So this oh, is technically okay. a story of my. In my younger years, because by the time I got to the camp that we're referring to, uh, I had to kind of be a role model, and at the time, I certainly was not a role model.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. my, the story I got's also from my younger years at camp. I, you know, once once you get to a certain point, number one, that stuff's just not quite as fun anymore. But number yep. two, you get judged hard if. Hardcore. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And now thinking
5: about it, I probably shouldn't have leaded with, "Hey guys, I'm a teacher." But hey, even my younger <laughs> years, I, I, I streaked <laughs> around.
1: <laughs> if you see a teacher streaking around the school, No, no, no. <laughs> Good start. These were, these were my
5: teen years, guys. I was wild back then. That, <laughs> so wild. Wild. You know, your your typical 14-year-old stupid shit that you do. It Was this this your CIT year? No, no. My CIT year, I had no balls. So I didn't do anything crazy my CIT year except try to blend in. Because I thought I was like top-notch coming in, and then immediately the staff just put me in my place.
1: So I will admit, (laughs) I've never been streaking. So I have questions. Question number one, would you do it again? Like, if you know nobody was gonna see you, would you run uh, in the nude again?
5: Uh, <laughs> that is uh, such a uh, depends on the time and place kind of question. Right, let's say you have with. you
1: own yourself, uh, your own mini mansion with a weight with a workout room, and you have a treadmill in your own personal house workout room. Nobody's ever gonna see you. Would you? Like, I guess my main oh. question is: is is running naked a good experience? Or would you pass on that? You know, it's uh at the time
5: it was quite uh it felt pretty good, you know. You get a nice breeze and it, it really wasn't bad. And on a full-on sprint. I mean there's no chafing, right? Like no, no, no <laughs> chafing. No chafing at all. Yeah, because it was uh, instantly dried. Exactly. So yeah, it was it was an interesting experience. Um as far as would I do that again? With everything that I've got going on me, like I can see something like in the privacy of my own home, would I just like make mac and cheese in the nude? Probably, you know. I could see if it was just me there doing it. I, you know, no roommates, nothing to worry about. Sure, I'd let it all hang out. But uh, as far as in public now, uh, not a good idea. Just with uh, with everything that's going for me now, uh, I can't exactly you know, interview for a job and say, yo, you know, how's it going? I, I streak. Oh, you're it, it just right. doesn't work like that. <laughs> <You're a streeter.
1: laughs> Colin is looking more and more scarred. The longer we talk about this.
5: I, <laughs> I know we should probably God, change the subject before, you know? So that was probably one of the craziest things that I've done when in my youth, uh, there've definitely <laughs> been other things that I've done that have been just as crazy, but uh, that's definitely been one of the big
1: ones. See, like with the whole, I think I said it on an earlier episode, but like the whole thing about like, even like skinny dipping, I'd be so paranoid that somebody's just going to take all your clothes. And then the moment you get back, oh, you're yeah. just screwed. If I may, you really do need to know your, the people that you're with, uh,
5: and be yeah, able to and trust then the people them at the camp. I know
1: would potentially steal all the clothes. <laughs>
5: yeah. That see the, the good thing about, uh, About my adventure was it happened very close to midnight. So everybody was asleep and we really didn't get like, I would say terribly close to any places that we knew campers would be at. So we didn't like deliberately streak through a campsite. Wait, wait,
1: wait. You just said we,
5: so you weren't alone in this venture. Okay. (laughs) So to add (laughs) on to the story. So I tell the guy, he's, he's kind of a chicken. He chickened out of it. I said, all right, I'll go and then the other guys that I'm with say, screw it, we'll go too so (laughs) so there's probably about a group of three or four of us that just took a lap (laughs) it it was kind of funny because we were in a cabin at the time and we had most of the cabin involved and uh, yeah, I think just about everybody from the cabin did it except for the guy that we originally dared
1: (laughs) (laughs) he he wasn't working at the camp the next year (laughs) It was kind you're of funny. A, you're not a true bro unless you go streaking <laughs> with us.
5: It, it was pretty great. You know, it was like a pack mentality at that point where we're like, we're just going to go for it. And what happens happens after that. <laughs> but, hey, it, it all worked out.
1: Listeners of the show will not be surprised to hear that a major part of Nick's life revolves around hunting this year. Brent was fortunate enough to take part in this experience and the two of them shared why they missed an episode this past November.
2: Uh, It was hunting season in the upper peninsula of Michigan which is where I do all of my hunting and uh, I was able to go up a little bit early with my work schedule uh, with my flexibility as well. Uh, I was able to uh, work from camp an extra day or two because we do have internet at our camp. When I say camp it's not like a you know go pitch a tent and uh, you know, start a campfire. Uh, we have a fire, but it's in a fireplace in our cabin. Um, <laughs> this but, cabin
1: is yeah. like a, a, a barracks, basically. Oh yeah. oh, yeah.
2: Essentially, I mean, yeah, you got beer, guns, and beds. That's about all we got. It's a barracks. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it works out nicely. Thank we were very fortunate, uh, st- <laughs> very fortunate starting out with some snow on the ground, which made things nice. Got to hunt all of opening day after that. Uh, Brent made his way up. I'll let him uh, discuss his filter-free uh, interpretation of our, our hunting situation and his experiences. Oh, but all free. in all, it was a uh, another successful year. Uh, most of my family uh, gets up to hunting camp at some point during the season, the two-week period. If After two weeks, I'm like, I got to go shower. Uh, we have to have a, <laughs> show- have a shower.
0: have <laughs> and- shower zero. for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but when you can with 15 people, it's not much of a shower.
5: I mean, yeah,
2: it's you, know, you just hope no one's doing dishes uh, because then the water temperature gets all over the place. But uh, all in all, very successful season. Got to see the family, uh, which is the, the one time a year you really get to see everybody. A few hunting other connections season. you make throughout <laughs> the year. That's the, yeah,
1: That's the Nick family get together is hunting season.
2: Yes, I, I basically explain <laughs> it to Christmas, my co coworkers and my season. boss. This is my Christmas. November fifteenth is my Christmas day. All in all, very good season. I did not get a trophy deer, unfortunately. Uh, fortunately, I did get uh, two smaller deer. Um, took a doe and another one, and um, yeah, got got meat in the freezer. We're gonna turn. Another half a one bit he doesn't into... want to
1: admit that the second deer was just like a little spiker buck.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. Well, it was. I was meat hunting. <laughs> We, we don't shoot smaller bucks, and I mean, I, I passed up on three different small 8s, um, but we, we try not to shoot small 8s because we want big 8s, um, but on the, it was the last day, on the last night of me being willing to shoot something, and I, I, w- I was meat hunting, so uh, I took a, a small spike, and I mean, I had, I had let how many spikes go, how many smaller bucks go, but um, there weren't any does in range, so... I took the spike and just said, "Well, I have a tag for it. It's it's legal." But um, yeah, ended up with uh, the two deer. So half of it's going to be breakfast sausage, which is amazing, and then uh, the other half is going to be uh, steaks and stew meat. Um, we're we're huge fans of. Um,
0: I apologize for my disappearance the last few weeks for fans of the podcast. All kind <laughs> of you, or whatever it is at the point, but I was up in with Nick for a while, literally out of any sort of range of any form of communication, which was excellent to connect, disconnect, rural America, <sighs> that kind of thing.
2: Boondocks,
0: huh? The boondocks.
3: The boondocks, Wisconsin. The boondocks, boondocks of Fox Wisconsin. Valley is now. Boondocks.
0: Um, hunting camp, I went up pretty much the day after I flew in and it was phenomenal. I, I really loved it. Um, I will say it, has messed with my sleep schedule in that I don't know if I've even recovered yet. Because um, I, I flew over on the in Pacific early. time. It's, well, the 5.30 time that we'd wake up at hunting camp was 3.30 Pacific time what, what? I'm used to. So it was more <laughs> like I just, my, my brain, my, my Wait, body had no on? clue where we were. Not only did we get like less sleep because we'd stay up to decently late hours but then waking up super early was just like I have no clue plus um Nick uh, was smart and slept downstairs on the couch I was up in the bunk room um, in the barracks you know living with 14 other people who uh, the only reason I didn't hear him snore was because the fans were on there were so many fans up there that all you could hear was fans constantly <laughs> twirling it it when you're, I guess maybe I was right next to him when I slept, but oh my
2: gosh, it was—it's um, either the consistent white noise of a fan, the crying of one of the babies, because yes, we have babies out there, and or my uncles and grandparents and myself now too snoring. Take your pick.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's just say by the last day of me being up there, I was up there for three, three days, about two and a half days. Um, by the last one, I, I was wiped. Um, as Nick you chastised really me. Easy. Nick Nick chastised me at one point on a uh, the Saturday or Sunday morning. I was up there for for sleeping on the watch, and I was like, I'm sorry, I, <laughs> I have no control over any of those. So, um, what, was, what was the
1: stand situation? I know that. Sorry, if I may. I know that Nick built his own stand. You guys just both in the same stand, just looking down different lanes.
0: Yeah. So one thing that was um one thing that's different from Seattle is the UP is cold. It's really cold and when you're sitting out there in a deer stand not moving around. And of course like all I can pack is what I can carry on to a plane. So I'm just like freezing my butt off. Um we when? hunted mainly out of Nick's um Nick's. When were you which, cold
2: in my blind?
0: No, not your blind. You're I'm I was getting to that. Your blind was nice. The other blind with the heater that was like Running real low on gas and <laughs> definitely was not really insulated. Um, part of my, my legs at least were freezing, but that's on me. I should have packed better. But overall, um, we hunted mainly out of Nick's blind, especially like in the mornings. Two, we went out, um, which was some
1: Nick hunting Brent like watching. a real
0: friend sleeping, sort of Nick hunting. <laughs> uh,
2: Nick hunting was, there Brent was one where he started to snore. <laughs> and, it, you know, the way my blind is set up, I have three three shooting paths. I want Two of them are definitely like alleys, and one of them is like a kind of an open area that you're never going to get a shot out of. You can see deer, but you can't really get a good look at it. But um, the way we were set up, I sit on one side, and I have a really great view of one path. And he sits on the other side, and he's got a really great view of the other path. And knowing where the deer come from, I can sit here and tell you, here's exactly where you need to look. And I'm paying attention to my spot and every once in a while just to be thorough because I'm sitting – it's a limited back view. I'm sitting kind of in a different spot. You just kind of – well, no. No, not that bad. We're, we're like cross cross paths. But because the windows are small, you want small windows on a deer blind. Um, yeah. because that way you can move around and the deer can't see you as as well. But you have these small windows to look out of the blind and – um, you know, typically you watch your spot and then every once in a while, just because you have a different angle from where you're sitting, you kind of lean back and peek at the other guy's spot. But if he's watching his spot at all, you're good. Well, Brent's <laughs> snoring. And I just like, <laughs> all right, hey, if
0: I may, if, if i, I, may, you're I gonna take a nap,
2: points on this, if you're going to take a nap, fine. But you need to let me know first you because not be nobody's watching over there. <laughs>
0: If I may I have counterpoints on this, not single
2: deer, at least
0: when I was there, walked in from that side. So I felt like my thought process into this was, man, I'm really tired. I'm not going to see a deer anyways, which isn't <laughs> the right mindset, but that's what I was thinking at the time. And By then the way, secondly, all
2: my deer came from that alley this year. They no, all they came were all from coming right. from that back right. They're coming from
0: that back right. Um. Anyway, so then my other thought was. It's really foggy in the morning. It's super dark. My night vision's horrible. I can't, like, I I have my glasses on. They're sort of, I don't know. I just couldn't really see. Nick, to get a good view, opens up his gun window, which is fine. You need to be able to get the gun out to point and something comes by. And so you can hear better. But then that pushes the double pane into my view. So it's so foggy. I just can't see out of it anyway. I was like, eh, you know, (laughs) that was only the first, that was only the last day. I was also super sleep deprived at that point. I was, I think, a pretty decent deer watcher the rest of the time, um, including uh, when Nick got his doe, which was pretty cool to see him tag it. Um, that was pretty sweet. Did you help with the gutting? Yes. I actually...
2: He let me do it this year. Oh, you so did I, the gutting? So up last so you, but
1: Nick, you basically just instructed Brent on the gutting process?
2: Yeah. My, my cousin, Eric, who's uh, more experienced than I am, and I've, I've gutted maybe seven deer in my life ballpark figure um i did four last year but uh i've gutted a a number of times and i did i did i only had to do the one this year i I could have done another one but my uh cousin stepped up and did it but um yeah it was eric and i instructing and uh you know it was he he handled it
0: it. well might have been a painful experience for these uh experienced pros to kind of like Come on man like you got to get in just there do it. you got to pull just,
3: I'm
0: I'm down in a t-shirt um it's probably less than 40 degrees 35 degrees maybe and I'm just like I just go into that deer you reach all the way up to the, oh, I
2: just, that's say, oh. uh for it's those really who cool. are a little squeamish we're about to get into a, a detail here if you want to like skip ahead 2 3 minutes uh, Kyle if you can give like a, a safe call at some point <laughs> I don't really want to handle that but um, yeah watching him try to figure out uh, how far to reach up because to part grab of, the uh, throat
0: you know. as part
2: of field dressing the deer after you cut open uh, the pelvis and the stomach and you work your way up you have to get through the diaphragm essentially of the deer and you can either if it's a younger deer you can just use your fingers and, and get through it um, or, or you can take your knife and cut it open and then after that you're into the chest cavity and once you're in the chest cavity you got the lungs you got the heart you got all that lovely stuff going up there you have to reach past all of that grab the throat essentially the trachea yes. i don't know uh, get heather over here to tell us what the terminology is but you essentially grab the throat from the inside and you just pull and you rip everything out um manually and you pull it out and with that will come the lungs the heart the liver the stomach all all of it once you have that you pull it all out and you just kind of roll this massive organs out of the bottom which you've cut open uh, as far as the pelvis for for easy exit and uh yeah, we were trying to get Brent to get up there, and he he wasn't understanding at first, which is pretty normal. It's not like he he wasn't ready for it. He did a great you don't job. You stick your arm uh, but, inside of a
1: deer every day. You don't stick an
2: arm right. up inside of something. Right, but as you're describing it, you're just like, see, Brent, the throat on the deer outside is up here. Up here. Up here. You're like, going to put, put your hand down. inside of it all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> to, to tell a person that is not a normal thing, for them to actually do that for the first time is is uh, strange, I can imagine. Oh, I but would I, say –
0: the other strange moment would be, um, just take the knife and, and cut through
2: the butthole. I like, did <laughs> not yeah, expect you to, to hear
0: that at some point. You have to cut the around uh... the
2: butthole, yeah, it's in order to once you cut open the pelvis for the easy exit of everything. One of the first things you do is you you essentially saw or break the pelvis to open up the hips to allow everything to flow out nicely because you've got all the digestive stuff and that's a lot of good meat around there. So uh, as part of doing that, you essentially cut around its asshole is, is the terminology without trying to be coarse. Um You cut around that and then the whole thing comes out, but you have to cut it. Otherwise, it's just part of the pelt, which is not what you want. So um, yeah. deer no. gutting
1: talking. At- Great topic,
2: and the best the, <laughs>
0: the best part too was that um, I'm, I'm cutting through this part, and then I, there's one of his cousins or someone was like, "Oh yeah, and those are the the tenderloins." I'm just like, "Great, that's what we're eating. What we're eating like it's tenderloins. Meat. Like that's just why you got to cut around the butt nicely,
1: that we don't get any of that stuff in your meat." <laughs> well, right, everything yeah. around the butthole is good meat.
0: When you podcast with an engineer there are bound to be a few innovations that occasionally pop up. Kyle's peak innovation occurred in the first episode when he brought the idea of putting pockets in boxers,
1: which led to a lively discussion. Haven't had a good idea since. Speaking of pockets, if I may, I have a great topic, and I think it needs to be done. Uh, Why are there not boxers with a cell phone pocket in them? If I may, why?
0: Like, you don't walk around in boxers out in public. Why do you need for boxers when i'm in at
1: my apartment as i am right now in my boxers and i want to carry my cell phone around with me and you're like oh crap where did i sit down my cell phone and then either you're carrying it or you're setting it down if you set it down somewhere i'm going to lose it like uh, do you two do health house, housework in your boxers no no what
2: I You have to i'm going to spare anyone and everyone the mental images that are pink process nobody knows what you look like you're walking around in your boxers and
1: whatever it is the rest of us do I think there um, needs to be a pocket on yeah, my boxers for if my I may
0: phone. if I may the problem would be solved instead with like a, a waistband that you can just put around your waist that can carry yourself if I may
2: is that not the point of a waistband to be a <laughs> no no I'm just <laughs> saying like like you start with boxers
1: but then you the have to box, I may, see, is, what you need is yeah, a fanny I'm pack, pack.
2: Yes. Hold on, does
1: that go in and around the fanny? I'm confused. <laughs> I must say, the very top moment of the show to this point uh, was probably the most surprising as well. Unbeknownst to Brent, uh, Nick and myself schemed out a very special announcement that we did live on the podcast uh, without Brent knowing it was coming. Uh, take a listen. If you could
2: just shut up for one hot second, I'm, I'm asking Kyle an important question. Wait, uh, are you serious? This could be Kyle, a podcast would, you, would you would you please would you please stand at my wedding? I would be honored to have you.
1: Are you actually serious, or is this like a joke? Nice. Why is this not the yeah. really podcast?
2: <laughs> we're we're roommates, we're friends. We play games most nights of the week. I I, I would be honored to have you stand in my wedding, sir.
1: That would be awesome. I would I would love to. I, I would be honored. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Made the, I made the cut. Oh, nice.
2: <laughs> Congratulations.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> that was a
2: beautiful moment
1: right yeah oh, you know Christ. kyle in,
2: in in moments like these you know it's it's if i can if i can get up on my high horse here in moments like these it's uh-huh. it's you know a lot of a lot of a lot of men would look for 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 a good man and, and i can i can say confidently that you know i've i've got I'm, some, some i'm a pretty good man, man. <laughs> i I'd, I'd say i'd say you're more than a good man kyle i'd say i'd say you're a great man oh, but geez. uh but for for my wedding, I, I don't know. I'm I'm looking for. Well, let's let's be honest. I, I think we're Kyle. We are in the presence of, of not a great man, but the best man.
5: Oh Our no, the best one.
2: The uh-uh. best. Brent, would you be uh, my you? best
0: man? Yeah. I would be honored. Whoa. <laughs> what? Heather knows. <laughs> I don't know. Who <laughs> knows? <laughs> Oh, Sarah. Sarah got it out. Oh, I'm honored. I, I accept. Yeah, well, I imagine you're doing this and I don't, I
1: don't accept. So, hope you guys enjoyed the uh, kind of hodgepodge episode of kind of the best of the best of 2018 from If I May. I mean, everybody always says that 20, you know, it's like, I hope the next year is better than the previous year. But no, I think, you know, 2018 was good. 2019 will be good as well. And If I May, we'll continue into 2019. So, if you guys enjoyed... So we'll uh, best of uh, stick around and we'll have more to come. Thanks for thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next time.